friends. Welcome to Having a Blast, the show where I talk to musicians and friends, and sometimes we go over records, and sometimes I interview people. Today I'm really excited. I had the privilege to interview a friend of mine from a long time ago. I've known Shane since I believe 2004 was the first time I met him. I remember my first band, Game Time, we toured the East Coast and we went to Philadelphia and we played with a band called the Capgun Heroes. And I think later on they became Valencia and that's where I met Shane and have always had really, really great memories associated with Valencia and playing with Valencia. They played the last show that Game Time ever played. Valencia formed in 2004 and they have three records. First record is called This Could Be a Possibility. Second record is called We All Need a Reason to Believe. Their last record that they put out is called Dancing with a Ghost and they just re-released it for its 10th anniversary a couple weeks ago with some additional songs, almost an entire new EP on the end of it, as well as some demo versions of some of the songs. It's really great. It was really nice to revisit that album. It was produced and engineered by the amazing Mark Trombino and the first two records are amazing too. Check out their entire catalog. Shane's a very prolific guy. He's also got a solo project called Promise of Redemption and they have a couple albums out as well and he's got a new project coming up called The Future Perfect. We talk about a wide range of topics including Aerosmith, going to Japan and how crazy that was and how crazy that can be. We also talk a little bit about catharsis after going through something traumatic and tragic in one's life. And we even talk a little bit about pop music at the end. So this is a really fun conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you to Shane for giving me his time today. I'll uh, quit rambling because I know y'all don't want to hear that. (laughs) Without further ado, my wide ranging conversation with Shane from Valencia. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh. Awesome, man. Rad. How you doing? I'm hanging, dude. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you, man. You too. Dude, you look the exact same as the last time I saw you, like, 10 years ago. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom's kind of nice because, you know, it's, it's sort of pixelated, so I'm thankful for that, especially when I'm doing, like, Zoom calls early in the morning and stuff. Dude, thanks for doing this, man. This new podcasting is kind of a new endeavor for me, but I've got a couple of cool interviews and you're actually the first person I thought of. So we'll just get right into it if that sounds good. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. I've got a list of questions here. Yeah. It's crazy because there's really only like two bands that I had sort of a cross connection with, with my first band, Game Time, and my second band, The American Life. And it's cool that Valencia is one of those. Yeah. I'm actually looking at the poster from the Beyond the Blue tour in 2010. I snagged one of those and brought one home. Nice. Yeah. I like Japanese stuff in my drawers all the time, like uh, those banner towel things. Yeah. No, the, the... I still have that as well. The Beyond the Blue banner towels. Oh, yeah. That was always a cool little trinket that they gave away. Yeah. You know, I actually have I have this right here. I forget what it's called, but it's this guy. Oh yeah. For good luck, and they yeah. told me to black out the eyes as soon as I got home. So that's what I oh, did. But yeah, just a nice little reminder. Yeah, fun times in Japan. That was a crazy place. You guys have been there several times, right? Quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys went in 2011 as well. Yeah, we. Yeah. Uh, was it a year after, or maybe two years after? It might have been to 2010, but um, yeah, we went like, geez, five, five or six times. I don't know. Yeah, 
crazy place. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you went? Like what a culture shock it was? Yeah. I mean, um, the first time we went, we played Fuji Rock Festival. It was gigantic. And like we were still kind of a baby band and like we played on a stage for like thousands of people and it was just the first time we'd ever played in front of like a crowd crowd yeah. on a big festival stage with freaking giant screens and and the culture over there is so different because they're so quiet and polite in between songs so it's like man it's just crazy it's crazy what we were doing in america to like that and just have that sense of like what how did this happen yeah it's definitely a different vibe over there as far as you know how they approach music and how they listen to music and that was the first thing that we noticed too like we play a song and then it was just dead silent you could hear a pin drop and we were just like oh okay they're politely waiting for us to start our next song <laughs> and then as soon as you start playing they go crazy that's yeah. when they really like let loose and have fun but they're they're being very respectful in between songs that was really cool yeah what a culture shock you're from Philadelphia. Are you originally from Philadelphia? Yeah. yeah cool. Right. Awesome, man. Yeah. Great town. I always love visiting there. What was your first musical memory? Do you remember when you were a kid? Ever? Really? Yeah. Yeah, this is gonna be funny, but my first concert actually, like real concert was Aerosmith. I was pretty young. I was in like third or fourth grade, but like a buddy's dad took us and uh, that was my first introduction to like a live rock show. As I... As I got older, I guess, I think my first real moment of feeling like, yeah, music community is really fucking awesome is uh, when I saw Newfound Glory for the first time. Like, uh, there was something about just that sense of, like, camaraderie and, I don't know, just, like, there. Yeah. Was it? You were cutting out there just a little bit. Uh, was it a, a headlining gig? Were they headlining? Yeah. yeah. I think it was at the Electric Factory. But um, yeah, there's so many, so many good moments. I saw Hot Water Music play when they had just released Caution. And I remember I went with my one of my best friends and like <laughs> we we listened to the album on the way home from the show that like it had just come out. So we like bought it at the show, like we're stoked put it on in the car and I was like, changed my musical taste immediately. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it was almost immediate. Like, and I saw that was at the track, rest in peace, the track era. But um, so many good moments. There's a lot of really good shows in Philly. Yeah, a lot of classic venues too. The Electric Factory, that's still there, right? It's the venue and it's the energy of the people and it's and it just comes together. And I, I feel like even bands from out of the town always talk about how much fun they have when they play Philadelphia. Yeah, we always had a blast anytime we went there. Caution, what a great record. I revisited that the other day and it's just amazing the amount of work that was put out at that time from Brian McTurnan, the producer. He was yeah. just like, he was just banging on all cylinders around that time, the early he, aughts. He made that band sound so, like, it was like a polished, clean, hot water music that was, like, so cool. I don't know. It was just, that album's amazing. Still sounds great, too, right? Yeah. So you, you've kind of mentioned some of your early influences. Like, I know you were a big Rise Against fan. Well, Aerosmith, I wouldn't call Aerosmith an early influence. <laughs> no, but Hot Water, for sure, right? Just so we're clear. Just so we're clear. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I remember when I was a kid, one of the first CDs that was ever given to me was The Greatest Hits by Aerosmith, the big ones. There are some really good songs. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking smack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's some bangers on that one, man. I remember uh, 
what was the elevator song? I was like, Loving an elevator. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, late 80s, early 90s Aerosmith. That's kind of what I remember being on in the background because my parents always had MTV on in the background. What songwriting, though? Like when their big singles were so big, it's like the songwriting, it's just like the tagline and the way the lyric just flowed in with the way it hit. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of those songs just had a thing to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were. It wasn't like an album where the songs. It's like they were their own, like kind of story. No, you're you're totally right. And like some of the recordings were like November Rain. Like you know what I mean? Like the way they pair the music video with with that vibe of song. It's like yeah, remember that that, when that hit that happened? I don't know. I do. I remember. I remember that video well. And you know, the video sort of it travels through the recording of the song because you know how like it's got that big bridge outro thing. And the, the whole vibe of the video changes right at that point, too. So they're, like, telling a story with the song and the video. Yeah. Classic one. I always I always thought that video was funny because Slash goes out into the middle of the field and he plays a guitar solo, but he's not plugged <laughs> in anything. <laughs> and that's how it always is with music videos, but I just think that one in particular is funny because he, like, walks out beyond that church and he's just, like, shredding <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Oh, God. It's like that Creed video where the dude's shredding yep. on the mountaintop. Yeah, I need to revisit that one, too. Some of these videos, I'm sure they've aged really well over <laughs> the years. <laughs> Valencia, you guys formed around or that same time that that Hot Water record came out, right? Around that, like, 2003, 2004? Yeah, yeah. It was like, How did you guys form? Um, well, we basically met all at like local shows we were all in kind of separate high school bands and just got together started writing songs and playing shows i get a little down on myself If I remember correctly, was there a couple of the members from Valencia, were they in the Cap Gun Heroes? Yeah, Is that yeah. Okay, so yeah, Game Time played with them. And I remember, I think that's when I first met, was George in that band? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, I do remember meeting George. That was one of the first shows that we ever played, like leading out to the West Coast. We played in Philadelphia and, and Pittsburgh. I actually, I think he may have introduced me to Deja and Tendu that day. Oh, if I remember correctly, it's all kind of like flooding back now. But uh, was an, another one of the guitar players from, from Valencia was in the Capcom Heroes too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. three of them were JD, okay. Brent, and George. Okay, cool, excellent. Yeah. Okay, so y- were you in a local band as well, and and then you guys started jamming yeah, together? I was, I was in a, yeah, I was in like a local band. It was called Attracted to Miss, and. Um, like three piece kind of yeah cool awesome <laughs> that's right how school, old were you yeah. when valencia formed i think i was like 16 wow yeah you guys are young 15, 16 okay so you're a couple years younger than me right like how old are you now are you 33 did i do the math way off there i might might have oh no no no, no. i mean that sounds about right i was 18 around that time so the 2003 it was like 2003 so i would have been um i would have been like 17 Okay. Just a little baby Shane. Yeah. Got one of 18. There's something strange going on in my head. It says if I were to get in a car right now, Carolina's where I would end. And to your doorstep, I would be bound. To whisper the- cool. And 
so did you guys just send a demo to Rob from I Surrender? Is that how that happened? Because I know he heard your demo and he was really excited by it. He wanted to sign you guys. Yeah, yeah, George sent him. Um, we did four songs with Vince Ratti for that first record. And then George sent those out to a bunch of different people. And Rob got back to us. And uh, the rest is history. History. Yeah. And I Surrender is... They were re-releasing the Dancing with the Ghost, right? The rest yeah, we just put it out a couple weeks ago or so. Yeah, yeah, I've been revisiting that record and kind of just like talking with a bunch of my friends. I'm like, did you ever really listen to that record? Because that's a really great record. Like, if you haven't, oh, go yeah. go revisit it. I, I really enjoy all three of your records. I was kind of re-listening to them as I was working yesterday in preparation for this. Really love the first two records, and then there's there's a bit of a I think there's a bit of a change going from we all need a reason to believe into dancing with a ghost. Was that, was that purposeful? I know we kind of talked about it in Japan. Like you guys were, we're going for a different production element, but can you speak to that a little bit? Just that transition? Yeah. Um, it was just kind of like when you put out a record, that's, it's not a concept album, but in a sense it is, it's kind of hard to follow it up with something that's equally as, I don't know. I don't know what word you'd want to use for that, but, um, so also, I mean, the emotional side of, of We All Made a Reason to Believe had an impact as well. So it's like, you're not going to go through that kind of crisis twice, really, and be able to write like a second album about it. So um, it was more so we just wanted to write a good album and focused pretty heavily on the songwriting itself and the the like just overall impact of production value. And that's probably the, mace, the most different thing here, like from album to album would be the production, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, different producers, if right? If you really take some of those songs, yeah, but if you take some of those songs from Dancing with the Ghost and you bring them back to 2008 and we, we record them with Ariel and have Dave Schiffman mix it, it's not going to be that, different from from some of those we all need a reason to believe songs mostly because it it's still us you know what i mean but like Same band. there 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 is also a very big difference when it comes to the fact that we unfortunately lost max so like we had dan playing on dancing with a ghost and max was playing drums on we all need a reason to believe and that's just two different human beings that's not to say one is you know it's just like different styles but um I would say that we focus very heavily on production value. And I think that's probably, you know, having some, some like backbone production kind of stuff that we never got to play around with that much on the previous album, you know, um, Absolutely. using more fun keyboard tones and, and uh, doing off the wall. Like Dan was doing all this crazy shit with like production when it came to, um, percussion like hand instrument stuff and like and if you listen closely to some of those like ballady slower songs you'll be able to hear like some of the really cool shit he did and that was just like simple off the cusp like oh let's try blah 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 just boom 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 and it's like you know next yeah. thing you know it's a cool tone and it like adds to the production element of the song and it's i think we played around a lot more in that aspect than we did on on we all need a reason to believe and we also were up against more of like a, I mean, you're always up against time when it comes to some of that stuff, but like with Dancing with the Ghost, we got to record at Carlos's house, whereas we all need a reason to believe we were, we were spending money and renting studios. So like, in a sense, the pressure was off a little bit more in terms of giving us the freedom to kind of 
try different things. And like, if it fails, it fails. It wasn't a waste of time because we tried it. You know what I mean? But um, for the most part, everything was succinct and like, we, we didn't really throw anything away that we tried. It was more so like just having fun with it. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's just, you know how it is to record an album. It's like, it's always going to be different no matter when you go in, like it's always going to be different. You could record the same songs. We could have taken those, we all need a reason to believe songs and, and recorded them with Mark Tribune and it would be way different. So it's like, it's just how it is, I guess, with music. Cause it's so yeah. much of it is like in the moment things like a lot of, don't you think like when a lot of things Absolutely. on albums happen, it's like, Oh, that must have been like a really cool moment in the studio when they like felt that that movement or that whatever worked together in the track to bring that cool vibe. You know what I mean? It's I don't know. Yeah. That's what's so cool about music. It's like you can do yeah. whatever. And it's sometimes you throw shit at a wall and sometimes it's fucking bounces back at you like sounds amazing, you know. And it's magic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. sometimes it's definitely not. Magic, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's terrible and you're like, oh, this is awful. And yeah, I just need to abandon it or come back to it. <laughs> um, it it's, it's interesting, too, because I think sometimes in the moment it feels like, oh, this is we're the exact same band. We're just, you know, transitioning from recording two years ago to recording today. It's like when I go back and listen to some of our earlier stuff, I, I don't really hear the change unless it's in hindsight. And it's kind of like the time and place that I was in, the lyrics, I can tell where I was at. But I definitely resonate with the idea that you're the same band, but you might be working with a different producer. So they might be suggesting different things, giving you the the option to kind of play with different tools and things like that. I was listening to Dancing with the Ghost with good headphones and I could tell like you guys were having a lot of fun in the studio and like every song has its own personality. And do you think you guys had a little bit more room to breathe in the studio when it came to that? Or, or was that something that was more like Mark Trombino style? Was he like, let's try this on this particular song or let's, cause I feel like a song like, that, uh, uh, Oh yeah. Just a song, a song like sorry, dancing man. with a ghost. No, you're totally fine. A song like uh, dancing with a ghost and a song like, uh, the the last song there's like two different personalities there but it's really cohesive at the same time it feels it's on the same album there's continuity there with the recording and the production and everything yeah and a lot you know a lot has to do too with how some of those songs came together and the different personalities that brought what they brought to the table together you know so like yeah that album had a big conglomerate of help with like just uh different people bringing different things to the table in terms of like a skeleton or like an idea or like a lyric or a word or just like a lot of different things so like we experimented a lot with just being open-minded with the songwriting creativity and not i don't know it was just like let's just write some fun cool songs that we can be proud of um i think that's kind of how we went into it but with the message yeah. i wanted it to still have a message because i thought the way we all need a, a reason to believe went off it it was important for us to follow that up with something that at least had a statement in some kind of way so like with dancing with a ghost it's like all about you know fighting the ghosts of your former self and like trying to change for the better and and understanding you know down the line that hey you might not have been so as right as you thought you were in certain situations or you know just adapting to change and um and being introspective kind of and looking inside before looking outward and um the whole theory of dancing with the ghost is like you're like you're fighting 
this ghost of your former self and you're trying to break away from it but you're caught in this like dance that you just can't break free of so yeah which is totally relatable what's that it's totally relatable you know yeah you know i think it's something everyone experiences but i mean it's just like as you get older i mean everyone makes mistakes or they feel like they made mistakes or they have regrets or whatever but like how you handle that and how you learn from it is always what's the most important thing right so yeah absolutely that was kind of where we wanted to take that album and that's why it ends with stop searching because it's like i think that's that's a pretty pretty awesome statement to make at the end of that yeah. album awesome song too that might be my favorite song on the record it's interesting you mentioned that like being introspective and just the statement that you made with i, I really feel it in all of your albums like i can tell you're a thoughtful guy and you were trying to say something and the lyrics really resonate i mean i think more so now because i feel like i'm a, I'm a more introspective person now i wasn't as thoughtful then but the lyrics i was just i was listening to them and i was like man those really pack a punch and i can tell why people were so for lack of a better word like enthralled by your lyrics it just it was very relatable and for someone like you specifically and your band you guys and i remember reading about you know just the things that were happening in the band's life at that time and you guys endured some some very tragic moments and with the the sudden passing of your girlfriend and the passing of max i know that was probably incredibly rough for for you specifically but also the rest of the band and like i i hear a bit of catharsis in some of the words you guys endured such tragedy on levels but there's still like a hopefulness in the words there's a hopefulness in the lyrics and uh i think that probably helped a lot of people it probably continues to help a lot of people. That's probably why a lot of people really still love listening to your band and go back to those records. Was that something that happened to you? Like when, when you guys were enduring those traumatic events, obviously that influenced the lyrics. Was that a bit of a catharsis for you? Was that like a, was that helpful? To yeah. Kind of and you, know, you know, the beautiful thing about dancing with the ghost and the songwriting aspects, um, I didn't hone over the lyric. Like I kind of, did maybe the last record, right? As, as a singer or whatever, however you want to put it, a songwriter. But like, it was more so an, an introspective look at some of the emotions I'm bringing up to the band and then everyone bringing their thoughts to the table and us kind of like coming together on, on a lot of the lyric, you know? And that was kind of cool too, because it was like, I think it added to the creativity of how we phrased certain things, you know, I think, when you put different creative minds on something, it's always going to be better than one creative mind. Um, unless that mind is a creative genius, but let's be honest, I'm not a fucking creative genius. So uh, hey, maybe you are, you know, you, yeah. you could be, you know what I mean though? It's like, um, so <laughs> I like, think of Brian Wilson. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like, I don't know. I just think um, being able to, to pose the question, of like, hey, this is what the song is about. This is what I'm thinking. This is where I'm stuck. I think this lyric could be better. Or um, what What do you feel when you read this out as a lyric? Or like, how do you feel? Like, and how do you want to feel in the end? Like, what's the message that you think this is going to bring you or whatever, you know? And yeah. there are out songs on that album where I feel, feel like I kind of needed to, to, you know, put put some shit out. But like most of them, 
are like a conglomerate of all of us kind of sitting down and I have a backbone of like, Hey, here's kind of a tag or like, here's this. And like, this is the skeleton that I have. Let's go from there. And it's the beauty of being in a band with a bunch of intelligent, highly intelligent human beings, you know, cause they're all creative and intelligent. And if you can put it all aside and just do what's best for the song, it's always gonna, it's gonna be a cool, outcome i think no matter who you are no matter what musician you are you know if you're working together with creative people that are intelligent and know know um that's what what most what is most important is that it you know is fun and sounds good and everyone's happy and you feel happy when you listen to it and you're proud of it yeah and i definitely think those those songs those songs in particular capture feelings and like you said like a lot of it was a collaboration between a lot of creative people. And it's cool to see that like you and the rest of the Valencia members are all doing really cool, individualized, creative things. And they're all kind of on their own creative endeavors moving beyond the band. And that's always fun to see too. Like a lot of the bands that we kind of grew up with, whether we, we really like the band or we're playing with, we were playing with those bands, like just to see where they go and where they take their creativity. Yeah. Um, are you still actively writing music? I am. Yeah, I am. Um, under the current climate, I'm not too sure what to do with it, but I do have like an album's worth of songs and I have a project name called The Future Perfect that I'm um, looking to release it under. But um, they're pretty cool songs. They're just like a little different for me. It's it's probably way more up, uh, I guess, what you would consider a Valencia fans alley than my past efforts in terms of solo kind of thing. But like, with promise of redemption and yeah, I think, I think what I have now is more like full band rounded type music that um, has some pop and energy to it. So I think, I think it'll fall in the realm of like what, what a Valencia fan likes to listen to. Cool. I loved what you put out with Trevor maybe last year, a couple of years ago, you guys did that YouTube cover and you were releasing songs and videos. Oh yeah. That was a while ago. We were doing like cover videos. That was fun. Yeah. I don't know. That was just for fun. Just to like, yeah. it's it's always cool to to perform some of those really amazing songs, you know, and just take your own take on it. It's just fun. Yeah, you, know? you should record that. You guys did this. I got a lot of shit for the Bright Eyes one, though. I got. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I liked that one. Uh, I I love that song. I don't know. Yeah, dude, it's a great song. It's classic. <laughs> yeah, you guys made a video for that one too, right? Uh, I I did. I forget. That was a long time ago. I don't know. Maybe 15 or 16 or something. If you had to pick a song or an album for maybe a new potential listener for Valencia to sort of encapsulate what Valencia is, was, what do you think you would pick? Or you could, you could pick a couple songs. It's tough. Um, I'm putting you on the spot here. Man, that's really hard. I really don't know. I think it would probably have to be like safe to say, or, um, that's a great song. Uh, free. I mean, I always liked free. I always thought that like stood kind of in our realm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. There's some, there's some ones on dancing with the ghost. I think that were fun. That record still sounds great too. <laughs> the recording's really good. I mean, I, I, uh, it's a bummer. Mark Trombino is not really making a ton of records these days. Cause man, I really just loved his records. I love the way they sounded. He's a very talented man that Mark. Yeah. Very talented. What's interesting is he did the hippos record, right? Yeah. And, and that was, you know, Ariel did, we all need a reason to believe. Yeah. 
your second record, right? It's yeah. weird how that works, right? It's just, I don't know, like yeah. everything's connected somehow in this crazy world. Yeah. Dude, I, I really appreciate you doing this. It's been fun to kind of watch you after we did the the 2010 Japan quick run. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we get more Shane Henderson music. So Future Perfect, that's a great title for a band. I definitely look forward to hearing what you come up with next. What are you listening to lately? Anything good? Um, You're going to laugh at me, but that Taylor Swift album, the new one, it's like fantastic. Yeah, I haven't checked out the new one, but you know, I can yeah. get down on some some pop some pop music not i mean she's pop. a phenomenal right not pop listen to it the, the new record is it are no. you are you talking she about the are you talking about the 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 folklore record folklore. oh okay talking cool. about folklore yeah that one i have not checked out yet i need to good one the new machine gun kelly album's pretty good i dig it man especially that song with halsey that's a hit in the making right there <laughs> yeah that one rages it's crazy. It's funny you mentioned that that Machine Gun Kelly record. Have you been? Are you a John Feldman fan? Like his production? Yeah, I've always dug John's John's stuff. I mean, I'm a huge Goldfinger fan, so same. Yeah, and it's been kind of fun to watch his his arc over the last twenty years. I mean, I remember you listen going to, to Goldfinger. what he did with the used. It's like for that time frame was like groundbreaking. Yeah, really absolutely. And I feel like he's kind of a polarizing guy. I feel like some people really, they, I don't know. I've heard musicians talk badly about his production style, but I'm like, man, I love it. It's just ear candy. You know, I've always enjoyed his records. I love all the, all the records that he did with Goldfinger. You know, I still go back and listen to Stomping Ground all the time. And it's great. I mean, yeah, music is different strokes for different folks. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. Especially recording. There's there's a billion ways to go about recording a song and recording an instrument. And, yeah. And I don't know, man. It's just like, I think keeping an open mind and appreciating someone's work is most important. But Absolutely. And kind of what you said earlier, where it's about, like, what does the song make you feel? Right. You know, like, strip everything else away. What does it make like, you feel? I personally love polished music. Like, I love super tight sounding, upfront polished mixes. Like, I, I love that stuff. Like, I'm thrilled with uh, Martin's latest uh, releases under the night game. Like he, he had, yeah. uh, I think he had Chris Lord Algae or his Tom Lord Algae mix it. But like yeah, it was exactly. one of the, one of the LA brothers <laughs> and those mixes are just like unbelievable. It's like you hear it. It's just perfection. Yeah. It sounds so good. He's working with a buddy of mine uh, named Brandon Paddock who actually, yeah. he mixed some stuff for us back in the day. He mixed some stuff for the American Life. He's from Kansas City. Yeah, cool. They yeah, uh, he's, he, he was doing all the engineering on that, wasn't the Night Yeah, game. and he actually used to work for Feldman. Okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. so he, he he's done a, a lot of cool job. stuff. The, the whole crew there did a killer job. I know they did that in Colorado, I think. But um, Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm a fan of polished stuff, so. I'm Damn. also a fan of Raw because I think real is is – the way to go to at times, you know, just like yeah. keeping it super real. And if it's yeah, it just it yeah, depends if it's on what the genuine, is. like the real shit will show if it's genuine. You know what I mean? So it's easy Absolutely. to hide the disingenuine things for, with polish. You know, right? That's why pop music is what it is. Sometimes, like straight pop, it's like yeah. <laughs> context specific, right? Yeah, depending on like the context. When I a really good pop song it's like really good pop song. like there's like depth 
to the to the content of the lyric. So I don't know. And the singer <laughs> singing it with emotion. There's so much pop out there. It's like the singer singing someone else's song, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's I don't know. Who am yeah. I though? What the hell do I know? Hey, your opinion matters, Shane. It does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, dude, I uh, I said I'd keep it under an hour, and I just I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been really fun to to catch up and talk some music with you again. Yeah, um, you too, man. Maybe we can do this again sometime. If you if uh, the stars align and we and we move beyond this weird pandemic COVID era, I should say, uh, and you're doing you're releasing the future perfect. Maybe we can have a chat about it, but I look forward to listening yeah. to it either way. Well, thank you, dude. Thanks for having yeah. me. And thanks for uh, doing what you do and supporting musicians. Of course, man. This is a labor of love just for fun. I know, I know it is. <laughs> That's music in general, right? Yeah. Labor of love. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, you have a fantastic rest of your day and stay safe. Whoever's listening. Yeah, we're, we're going to do our best here in Kansas City. Uh, I'm yeah. actually in Lawrence, Kansas right now, but cases are going up across the board. But yeah, yeah, hopefully they'll go back down eventually. Yeah, man. Well, good to talk to you, man. Take care. Yeah, and, yeah you uh, too. You want to be well. You as well. Take care. I want you to know.